Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 30. We'll read this verse out loud together. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 30. We'll pause in any punctuation. Reading out loud together. Proverbs 11, verse number 30. Proverbs 11, verse number 30. Ready? Uh-huh. Okay. All right, here we go. Proverbs eleven thirty. We'll read this together. Begin. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. And let's pray. Lord, I do thank you so much, Lord. All the wisdom in the world comes from you. And I thank you, Lord, that you've given us wisdom and understanding. You've given us the word of God, Lord, a fountain of wisdom that we can glean from. I ask you, please, just be with our pastor as he leads us tonight in the message. Um, Lord, I just ask that you please, uh, Lord, help him to be a help to us. And Lord, help us to listen. Help our hearts and minds to be hungry for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to help you tonight. I'm going to be a little bit personal and then I'm going to transfer that and make it personal to you. Uh, I desire to live the Christian life. And I, I'm going to say this, I don't mean it in a uh, an arrogant way. I've had a very unique life. Uh, I was brought up in church. I got saved at four and a half years old. I've been in church since I'm uh, 56. I've been in church 57 years. I mean, I've been in church since before I was born. I, uh, at the age of uh, nine, God began to work on me about being a preacher. By the age of 13, I surrendered to preach, started preaching, and I've been preaching for the last 43, almost 44 years. I know that's different. That's not the average person. Uh, but may I say this? To those of you that have recently been saved or new to Christianity, I'm not about to let you be more excited about it than me. i got more experience. I've met people who've been saved a long time. Yeah, I've been Christian all my life. I'm thinking, man, you better show it on your face. Uh, I never want to get over being saved. Please don't take this the wrong way, but somebody that lived a drug-addicted, drunken, uh, whoremonger kind of life, there's no reason if they get saved that they ought to be more excited than you or me. None at all. Uh, You young people, listen to me. If if being a Christian bothers you, you need to get right with God. And I'm glad that you got a preacher and an assistant pastor that grew up the way we did to help you. I mean that. Uh, parents, please don't take this the wrong way, but that young man right there and this old man right here, uh, grew up the way you wished your kids would have grown up. Uh, when back in the seventies and eighties, there was a lot of churches that had what I call dope to hope sermons, uh, guys that used to be in the hell's angels and on drugs and everything else. And now they're preachers. And there were young people that felt like they had to go out into the world and screw their life up before God could use them. Well, bless God. I don't want to bring dope to hope. There's just hope and hope. I don't need the dope. We just have hope. Amen. I want to live the Christian life, but may I say this? I also realize I'm a sinner and so is everybody else. That means none of us are going to do it perfectly. Uh, but I believe there's a difference between saved sinners and lost sinners. 
Saved sinners know they're going to heaven and they have the Holy Spirit working on them. Lost sinners are acting like Democrats. I mean, uh, the world. Now, God placed a responsibility on those of us who are saved. Now, let me explain this to you this way. God told us after we get saved, we are responsible to get the gospel out to every creature. God did everything necessary for man to get saved. All of God's work for salvation is done. The rest of it is on us. I'm going to say something here. I've got some preacher friends that are probably going to write nasty emails to me, and I don't give a rip. I think you're wasting your time praying and praying and praying and praying year after year after year after year for somebody to get saved. Oh, God, please save. God wants them saved more than you do. Get off your knees and go tell them. Get off your knees and go tell somebody else. And maybe while you're telling somebody else, God will be able to get someone to that person to whom they will listen. But if all you're doing is asking God to save them, you're asking God to do your job. Everybody doing okay? Don't get mad at me. That's Bible. Now, I'm not saying that we ought not say, God, I want that person to get saved. But maybe we ought to pray for the wisdom and the words or uh, to go get help to find somebody that they will listen to the gospel. Spend more time on getting the gospel to them than asking God to do your job. I I don't know how else to say that. Now, (laughs) so God put on those of us who are saved the responsibility of getting the gospel out to our fellow man. Well, I don't understand. How can a loving God send anybody to hell? He doesn't. We do. God did everything necessary for every human being that has ever been born to get to heaven. And the ones that were human beings that weren't born, that murdered in the womb or died in the womb, they're already in heaven. That means God doesn't send them to hell. We do. That ought to hurt you. I know it does me. We call getting the gospel out, we use the term soul winning, witnessing. God placed on us the responsibility to take the gospel to every creature. Listen to this statement. We are not accountable for how they receive the gospel. Did you know that while Jesus was here on earth, every person he preached to didn't get saved? Many rejected him. So it's not the messenger, it's the message. If Christ himself had people reject salvation, guess what? People now are going to reject it, even more so. Now, listen to me very carefully. God gave us the word of God, a clear-cut plan of salvation, And made it easy for people to get saved. Did you know it's not hard to get saved? I'm going to make another statement. He made it easy for us to help people get the gospel. It's not hard. You see, not only is getting saved easy, 
But getting the gospel to our fellow man is easy as well. God told us in his word not just what to do, but he told us how to do it. I've heard preachers say, oh, the Bible is a book of a divine message, but the methods are up to man and those changes, society changes. Well, those people have holes in their head big enough to drive twin Mack trucks through. That book is not only a divine message, it also contains the divine methods. When man starts getting cute and doing it his way, guess what? We're about to mess up. Now, I want to show you tonight, (laughs) and this might sound silly to you, there is more to soul winning for the Christian than just keeping people out of hell. There is far more to soul winning than just keeping people out of hell. And I want to help you with that tonight. You see, uh, God knows better of what we need than we sinners know what we need. And God tells us it's on us to take the gospel to every creature. God knows there's other things other than people getting saved and going to heaven at stake. It's not just for the person that needs the gospel. It's for the Christian to grow as well. Now, let me help you tonight. Number one, and if Brother Anthony amens real loud, maybe we'll get out early tonight. Amen. <laughs> Number one, soul winning will keep you humble. Amen. Soul winning will keep you humble. <laughs> you go knock on the door of somebody that you don't know. Tell them about a, about a, a savior you've never met, about a heaven you've never seen. Streets of gold you've never walked on, but you've got to walk them through the scripture and show, show them how to get there. It'll keep you humble. I've said it hundreds of times. My first thought is, I hope they don't come to the door. I hope they're not home. Say, preacher, you know, I've done it millions of times, literally. And my first thought on the first door is, Boy, I hope they're not home. I took Brother Aaron out soul winning one day, and I knocked on the first door. He said, Preacher, do you hope they're home? I said, Nope. All of a sudden, I heard, and something worked up inside me. And here we go. But honestly, I I answered him very quickly. Nope. Tell you why, because I I don't want to be rejected either. I don't like getting cussed at, yelled at, door slammed in my face, but I've had it. I've had dogs sicked on me, guns pointed in my face. I've seen more things than I can even tell in public. Now, wait a minute. doesn't mean I stopped because something happened. God says, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next door. No big deal. You see, when you have to face another human who may reject you or may mock you or may laugh at you, it takes a little bit of humility. Uh, Soul winning goes against the intellectualism of our day. Well, I'm going to make a statement about that. I'm smart enough to miss hell and keep others out of it. I'd rather be unintelligent in heaven than smart in hell. Somebody say amen. I'm so tired of people that thinking they're smart. They're so smart, they're smart Alex. They're so smart, they're stupid. 
<laughs> They're so smart, they think we came from a big bang and nothing and from death. And they don't realize in the beginning, God created. They think, I'm dumb? Everybody doing okay? Did you ever find, <laughs> well, we can't tell if there's really only two genders. And you think you're smart? I can take you out to the farm and show you there's only two genders. Two bulls don't give you a cow. Two cows don't give you a cow. Everybody doing okay? Two roosters don't lay eggs. You know, it's basic. Did you know you could draw blood unseen from someone and tell male or female? The life is in the blood. Every cell is different. And I'm not going any further with that statement. Well, soul winning is old-fashioned. It's not modern. Well, it might be old-fashioned, but many people in this room, you better be glad that somebody knocked on your door and told you about Jesus Christ, invited you to church, left a track at a gas station, did something, because otherwise you'd be on your way to hell right now. Everybody doing all right? So, well, it's just so old-fashioned. We need new methods. No, we need to do it God's way. I'm for getting the gospel out any way you can. But I know churches that are no longer going soul winning, they're using social media for outreach. That makes God want to barf. I'm sorry, vomit. Uh, we want to have discipleship classes. Let's shut soul winning down and we'll disciple people. And then they can go out and reach the world. Yeah, and those churches are dying off a dime a dozen. I'm going to say it. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> Here it goes. Well, let's have uh, an addiction program at our church for outreach. You know what the best addiction program is in the Word of God? Get saved, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night church, and go tell others about Jesus. I've helped many drunks and drug addicts get off alcohol and booze. And it wasn't sending them through a 10-step, 12-step, 2-step, 4-step, whatever program they had out there. You don't need a program, you need the Word of God. You need to obey the Lord. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. And that is exactly what God's plan is. You say, well, preacher, how are we going to rear our young people? Teaching them how to tell others about Jesus Christ. Amen. Little girl sitting right back there next to her ugly daddy. This about a week or so ago, led two of her, two of her neighborhood friends to the Lord. Amen. That's how you rear godly Christian young people. Amen. How old is, is Charlie? Eight? Ten? Good night. She's no lady already. <laughs> Good grief. She's about to have her brain roll out of here in another year or two. Uh, now, now, wait a minute. <laughs> you got to have one to roll out, right? <laughs> now, wait a minute. Uh, a ten-year-old not afraid to tell their friends about Jesus Christ. You know, when you get them young like that, when they get to be my age, they're not as afraid of it. D.L. Moody Went soul winning one day and came back and said, I had two and a half people saved. 
They said, oh, you had two adults and a child saved. He said, no, I had two children and an adult saved. They said, wait a minute, you said two and a half. He said, yeah, the adults will already live more than half their life. The kids have their whole life ahead of them. I love that. I love that. Let's win them when they're young. That's what it's all about. We don't need to take surveys. We don't need drama or musicals or TED Talks. Like, what's the cow do? Oh, Joe Holstein, Holstein, whatever. Uh, Get Rich for Jesus programs. What a bunch of trash. Uh, We don't need modern methods. God said, go take the gospel to every creature. That means every person you meet, get them the gospel. Let's let our church reach as many people as we can. Let's uh, help missionaries around the world, give them money to go to other countries around the world and pray for our missionaries and support them financially in uh, Macedonia World Baptist uh, missions when we're printing gospel tracts and getting almost a million tracts out every year on the mission field. Hey, that's getting the gospel to every creature. Everybody doing okay? That was only the first point. I got four. Hang on. Matter of fact, I got five. Yeah, yeah, you will. It's only 633. Number two, not, not only does soul winning keep you humble, because it will hum. You think you're big and bad? Walk up to that little girl at your table that's, uh, that uh, talked to you at, or t- served your table at lunch today and ask her about Jesus Christ and hand her a gospel track. We'll find out how tough you are. Yes, sir. Everybody doing okay? Go to the stranger at the gas pump and tell them how to get saved. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it's not as easy as you think it is. Number two, soul winning causes us to want to be separate from the world and closer to God. It does. Soul winning will help you separate from the world and separate unto God. When you represent God out soul winning, you're going to want to be more like him. You really will. Now, you can soul win anytime, anywhere, and under, under any condition. But you have to realize something. You're representing God. Not Grace Baptist Church. So if we're representing God, if you were to go to, I was going to say the White House, um, when we had a real president and you were to go to the White House, you wouldn't go in your flip-flops and shorts and a t-shirt. So, well, preacher, no. Then why do churches want to dress down to go soul winning? I represent the king of kings. Everybody doing okay? I'm not saying this is bad, and if you know a church like this, I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you where I'm at. I I go soul winning like this, or at least a shirt and tie on. Can I tell you why? Because I represent God. I know colleges and churches that teach, oh, don't put a tie on. Uh, they, They might think you're a church person. Well, that's what I'm here for. Everybody doing okay? I'm not trying to sneak up. This isn't sniper attack. I'm full-blown in your face. I'm a Marine, tip of the spear. Here we go. Hoorah! Uh, you know, I'll knock on the door. Who's there? I said, Grace Baptist Church. I'm the pastor. Oh. And this is the funniest part. I've done that before and say, we're not home. 
I've heard people do that many a time. I said, okay, but I'm going to leave this for you to read anyway, since you're not home. Okay. <laughs> I've done, have you ever had that? Oh, yeah. It's funny. I'm thinking, folks, I'm not that stupid. You know, you have to pull away from the world to be like him. And when you start telling others about him, you'll naturally go his direction. It will help you pull away. And by the way, I'll say this, they'll actually start running away from you. It's a two-direction thing. You know, the more, the closer you get to God, the farther away from the world you get, because not only are you going closer to God, but they're going the other way. (laughs) When you see how God uses you, and you win that first person to Christ, something comes unscrewed in you, and you want to see it again. We'll have church and We'll see somebody walk an aisle and get saved. And I'm, I'm about, about to come unscrewed up on this platform. I'm sitting back here doing this thing. Say why? Y'all know what it's like to have a baby born or a grandbaby born, how excited you get. Well, watching somebody get saved better than having a kid or a grand. It's better than having a kid any day. But uh, it's even better than having a grandkid. Say why? Because that's temporary life, but this is eternal life. And when you watch somebody that walked in on their way to hell and they walk out on their way to heaven and they've been born again, blessed God, that makes you get excited. And the first time you get to take part in it, it winds you up. You'll charge hell with an unloaded squirt gun. You say, why? Because it's that good. And the more people you talk to and the more people you reach, the more people you want to talk to. And that separates you from the world. Yeah, there's people in the world think you're weird because you're at church tonight. I think you're weird just because you're weird. But uh, they think we're the weird ones. They're the ones with the purple and green and red hair. You all know what I'm talking about? Oh, you're weird. You ought to just go out and live it up. Yeah, at least I'm going to remember what I lived, not regret what I lived. Number three, (laughs) soul winning will unify our church around a common cause. You know, you start winning people to Christ, you're less apt to complain about things in the church. I'm going to make a statement here. Very rarely do soul winners cause problems in churches. People that witness on a regular basis usually don't cause troubles in the church. When you start having clicks in the church, I can tell you who's not been soul winning every time. They'd rather talk negative about what's going on than go out and do the work. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work. No, they want to complain about the work. Everybody doing all right? Soul winners don't gossip. They spread the gospel, not the manure. You know, it's more fun to see somebody get saved than it is to tell about somebody else's sin. Everybody doing all right? Man, I'm having fun up here tonight. I'm feeling better. I'm getting ready to get mean. Soul winning gives people a common cause. Do you want to know why Grace Baptist Church 
has the unity and the excitement that we have here because we're used to seeing people get saved. We're used to seeing visitors. We have people out all the time inviting people to church. And uh, we're rallied behind a common cause to reach every person we can with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you notice how, how unified this church is the first time you came in? Can I tell you why? Because we're centered around a cause. It's not broken up into little bitty pieces. And, well, uh, you're not part of our group. Get out. Don't sit in my chair. Don't sit on my row. Bless God, I'll stomp on that chair. Amen? And by the way, if you're busy telling others about Jesus, you don't have time to tell somebody else about somebody else's sin. You don't want to tell somebody else about their sin. You want to see them get saved. Man, I'm having fun up here. Soul winners don't complain about petty things. They just want to help people get saved. They're not going to complain about... uh, We don't have complainers here. I've got to think of something. Uh, What color the walls are. Or what we're serving at a banquet. I watched a church have a fuss. They split the church in half over whether they were going to have grilled chicken or fried chicken at a church picnic. People were fist fighting everything else over it and split the church over chicken. Folks, uh, we ain't going to split the church over chicken. You can have it fried. You can grill it. You can do it whatever. I don't even care if you eat it hot, cold, or raw. Now, I ain't eating it raw, but I'll eat it either way, man. But hang on here. It's amazing. People will fuss over the stupidest things. Think of how many times you fuss at home over stuff and you don't even remember what you fussed about. Instead of fussing, go out and go soul winning. I was helping a church. I won't tell you. It was years ago in a distant state. Their pastor had resigned. They wanted to uh, bring a new pastor on. And uh, there were some troubles in the church. And they, they asked me to help guide their board a little bit. And the head of the board called me and said, we got troubles, preacher. And I, I said, I can help you. I said, don't give me any names. Let me help you. You call a meeting, and it was an early in the day. I said, when's your next meeting? He said, today. I said, good. I said, start your meeting. This is how you start the meeting. I said, the moment it gets tense, make a motion to stop the meeting. Load everybody up in the church van. Go down the road. Put gospel tracts in every one of the board members' hands and start knocking on doors. Take people from opposing views, put them together and make them go soul winning for 30 minutes. Come back and restart your meeting. About seven, eight hours later, he called me back and he said, well, glory preacher. He said, we got almost a knockdown drag out. I shut the meeting down. We got in the van. We had three people saved, came back. Everything's going fine. That's how you fix problems. Everybody doing okay? Thank God for our men on our board. But every one of them tell others about Jesus Christ. They're soul winners. Everybody doing okay? That's one of the prerequisites. You know, you're less apt to complain about the color of the walls or what brand of toilet paper there is. Bless God, if there's some in there, thank the Lord. Amen. If there's not, complain to Brother Anthony, not me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, we, we, you have to understand something. Soul winning gives our church a common cause. 
It gives us something to rally behind. It gives everybody the same goal and the same uh, ability to do it. And we can all do it at our level. Boy, that's good stuff. Number four, soul winning makes people to want, want to learn the Bible more. Amen. Do you know when you start telling others about the Lord, you'll start reading your Bible and learning your Bible more because you're going to start getting asked questions you don't know the answers to. Trust me. You're going to start reading the Bible so you can help more people. The more people you reach, the more Bible you'll want to learn. Because the more people you reach, the more you want to help them grow and teach them how to go soul winning. And they're going to have a lot of questions. (laughs) So many stories, and I just, I won't. Soul witting makes you need the Bible more. Because when you're out there, you're going to say, boy, I wish I knew this a little bit better. I better get back and learn a little bit more. If I knew a little bit more, maybe I could have helped that person with this. Or if I knew more, maybe I could have helped that person with this. And God, would you help me learn? And it puts in you a desire to learn the Bible more. Number five, it's quarter till. Soul winning causes you to have more wisdom. Look at Proverbs 11.30 again. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls, it doesn't say gets wisdom. It says is wise. Now, what is wisdom? Let me give you a very simple definition of wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life as God sees it. It's seeing life through the, through the uh, lens of God's truth, not as we see it. Wisdom isn't knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge that's able to be used and applied in every situation of life. Please don't amen this statement. I know I'm not the smartest person in the room. But I know how to apply truth better than most. If you were here this morning and heard the sermon about your possibles bag. That's a very simple truth, but it was very deep. I took something very simple and very basic. And honestly, 80% of you probably have never even fired a black powder gun. Doesn't matter. You learned a whole lot. And you learned a truth that went with it. The truth was more important than the illustration. It just happened to be a very vibrant, good illustration. Now, wait a minute. The wisdom of the sermon was the truth, not the illustration. And learning to see life through God's eyes. I told my wife, I said, yeah, that wouldn't go well if I preached that at Brother Gilhausen's in downtown New Jersey. Them folks don't know what black powder means. Now, there are certain city churches, that sermon wouldn't go over well, but here in West Virginia, we hit the nail right on the head, we hit the X on the target, and we knocked the deer down today, amen? Say why? Because I understood what we needed. Everybody doing okay? 
when you begin to be concerned about eternity and other people's eternity, you begin to see life as God sees it. You know, the world lives for today. The Bible says, eat, drink, and be married. Well, they live for today, the next football game, the next meal, the next paycheck, the next day off. They live for themselves, and all they see is what they can get today. They want to grab all they can out of life because I only got one life. No, I got two. I got one for eternity. This is the temporary one. Amen. Yes, sir. <laughs> Bless God. The next one's a whole lot longer than this one. So maybe we ought to start viewing this life from his point of view so the next one is that much better for us. There are some things I choose not to do here so that in the eternal life, I'm not behind. Everybody doing okay? I don't want to go to bonehead English in heaven. Non-credit English. Rather test out and just start with my feet running. I use that as an illustration, meaning this, uh, maybe we ought to grow up and be real Christians here so that when the rapture takes place and you get to heaven and your TV's not there, you know, well, where's the TV at? Anybody doing all right? Well, I don't have this. Yeah, you're going to have to enjoy some spiritual things. Maybe if you would feed your spirit more here, when you get there, your life would be more fulfilled in eternity. Boy, that's good stuff. Amen, preacher. Soul winning helps you see in proper priority. Hang on. Proper priority is this. There are some things that don't matter. Somebody's life matters a whole lot more. Somebody's eternity is a whole lot more important. There's times my wife and I have chosen not to do certain things at a certain time because it was time to go soul winning. That's just our choice. I schedule things around soul winning, not soul winning around other things. You say, why? Because I've begun and I've been living, seeing it from God's point of view. And there's nothing more important this side of heaven than getting the gospel out to every creature. Nothing. (laughs) Did you know that if you start soul winning, tithing won't be so hard? Do you know that once you start telling others about Jesus Christ, you'll be more friendly to visitors that come? Do you know that when you start winning and witnessing and getting folks saved and go soul winning, that you'll be a little bit more forward with the gospel? I'm going to tell on you, Miss Paula. Bless her heart, she came here about a year ago. And she was the most timid person I've ever met. She heard this thing about soul winning. She said, oh, I couldn't do that. Well, it didn't take her long, and she was grabbing gospel tracks. And she'd go to Walmart and sit them on the shelf as she's shopping. Then she noticed the workers were coming behind her and picking them up. (laughs) She said, that isn't working. So she started walking up and putting them in people's baskets as they were shopping. (laughs) Now she's telling folks about the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. Man, I'm as excited as can be for her. She goes out almost every Saturday, helps uh, out soul winning. 
Everybody doing all right? Man, I'm having fun right now. <laughs> Man's methods are not wisdom. God's methods are wise. Now, I'm going to make a statement, be snotty for a few minutes, and then we're going to pray and go home. Churches that quit soul winning and start doing it man's way aren't wise churches. They look like, sound like, and act like the world. Well, we'll reach more people. Uh, did you know a pile of manure in the, at the farm can attract a crowd? Now, it's flies, but it can attract a crowd. The size of the crowd does not determine success in God's eyes. The purity of the message and the distribution of the truth is what God sees as success. Well, we could... <laughs> Mrs. Barnes knows this is true. A guy came to our church. He said, man, you could put a rock band up there and have a, have a dance for young people and fill, fill your bill. I said, I said, there's a door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. I said, that ain't happening here. But pastor, I said, that's not God's way. That's your way. That's stupid. Everybody doing okay? The day you come in here and there's drum sets and smoke machines and screens and everything else, the day you walk out that door and don't come back. Today, I walk out of here and don't come back after I destroy all the drums and the screens and everything else. Not going to happen on my watch. Well, you need to get up with modern times. No, we need to get back with God the Father. Amen. Well, you're just so old-fashioned. Thank you very much. I had a lady tell me that one day, and I said, thank you. She said, I didn't mean it as a compliment. So I said, too bad. Took it that way. ha. <laughs> See, you didn't say that. Yes, I did. My wife was with me. She knows I said it. Well, let's uh, everybody just be casual. Do you know what the root word of casualty is? Casual. This is God's house. We ought not take it casually. When they moved the Ark of the Covenant and they did it the wrong way, they got casual with it. And man reached up to take it when it was shaking and touched it and God killed him. Say why? Because they were too casual with it. Uh, well, you're just not real warm and squishy and uh, it's not real showy. No, but the Holy Spirit works. Are doing all right? We're not going to have screens in the bouncy ball and get rid of our songbooks. We're not taking the songs about the blood out of the songbooks. Well, we might offend somebody. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. If they get offended, that's their problem tough. Well, you don't preach enough positive thinking, preacher. You're right. I preach truth. Positive thinking is not truth. You'll never see a more upbeat preacher in your life than me. But I don't preach positive thinking. You can be positive all you want that if you drop your keys, they're not going to fall to the ground. Guess what? God's law of gravity overrides your positive thinking. You went from positive thinking to positive stinking. The average church is more like a classroom in a college than it is a revival service. Church is supposed to be a revival service, not a classroom. 
used to love to hear Brother Hyle say, put your pen and paper away. Put your pen and paper. I'm not here preaching to your notebook. I'm preaching to your head. Now listen to me. I, used to, I listened to a sermon by him this week. Heard him say it. Uh, I was like, come on, preacher, come on. He got me round up. Say, what is that? Because he was more in, interested in changing people's life than putting words on a piece of paper for somebody that they'll never use. Amen. Churches of, of today are trying to make their social programs accommodate the gospel. They no longer call it soul winning. Let's have outreach. Let's not use the word Sunday school. That implies just for children. What do they call those things now? Uh, connections. Yeah, connections and all kinds of weird things. Good night. They have more names for stupid things. See, what are you going to have for follow-up, preacher? Sunday school. Amen. Sunday morning. Sunday night. Wednesday night church. Amen. What kind of addiction programs do you have? We're addicted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, well, you're just so old-fashioned. Well, you want the product without the process. I just gave you the process tonight. There's more to soul winning than just seeing people get saved. It will keep you humble. It causes you to want to be separated from the world. It will unify you with our church. It makes you want to learn the Bible more. It'll cause you to have more wisdom there's more to soul winning than just seeing people get saved. By the way, everybody you talk to isn't going to get saved. Your responsibility ends when you give them the gospel. What they do with it is between them and God. Don't measure the success of soul winning by how many people get saved. Measure the success of soul winning by how many people you got the gospel to. That's what God says. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that went of souls is wise. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Say, preacher, I, I don't know how to go soul winning. Good, show up. We'll teach you. I'm not going to throw you out there the first many weeks solo. Come, learn what it's all about. Just show up. Be here. Let us teach you how to do it. Well, I can't come on Saturday. Then call, set up a time, we'll schedule somebody to go with you. But learn to tell everybody can grab tracks and give it to somebody. 